we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo 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 I'm DJ Envy. And I go by the name of Charlemagne the God with the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. And currently we are on vacation. Man, totally disconnected. Yes. We're not even really here. You think you're listening to us, but we're not. Well, we are not. We're here in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be playing uh, some of our top interviews and some throwbacks. So, keep it locked. Red is going to be running the boards. And uh, we'll see you in the new year. Happy holidays. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's Shanice from Dane. How y'all doing this morning? Peace, Shanice from Good morning. Good morning. morning. And Julie, I just wanted to say I'm very proud of you. Congratulations on your new radio show you're about to come out with. Thank you. know, you. I'm looking for big things for you. Um, I want to give a special shout out to myself. You know, I turned 29, y'all. Finally Happy birthday. Hey. Happy birthday. Thank you. I tried to get on here on Friday because eventually, originally my birthday was on Friday, but I couldn't, you know. But um, I made it. I'm here. I'm blessed. And today I go do something major. I go get my house keys from my house. So it's just blessings after blessings. So I wanted to give blessings a special to myself. So today's your you birthday know, and you got up. a new crib. 
And I got a new crib. Congratulations. So, no, that's right, girl. Thank you. Love you guys. And I thank you for looking, letting me get on here. Shout out to my fiance, too. Okay, mom. And you got a fiance. You go, girl. Thank you. Go, you go, girl. You go, Jesus girl. Christ. You can tell you born in the 1900s. <laughs> Jesus girl. Christ. You Hel go, girl. Hello, who's this? Yo, what up? Hey, what's up? Get it off your chest. Ain't nothing much, man. Charlamagne, man. I'm going to Loretta Parano here, man. What you mean to go over that? Man, you, you, when you tell me, you let me know. I mean, I, I listen, you know, like, I, I, I believe in prayer and, you know, I do my breathing exercises, but, man, it's just one of those things where it's like, you kind of got to let go and let God, man, because as much as we want to protect our kids at all times, we just, we just simply can't. They still got to go out into this world, you know? How old are they? My, my son, he's three. He's starting child abandonment. You, you said your son is what? Three. Yeah, I know, brother. You Trust know they, me. You know they have something. Certain schools and a lot of schools offer it now. Where they have cameras all over the school where you could actually log in and see your kids throughout the day. Oh, I, I got that. I got my schools. You know I got that. I don't know. We got all that down here. I'm in the country, man. Thank you, South Carolina. But honestly, uh, even uh, you should Google it. I'll tell you this. That makes my parental paranoia worse. Not me. Because you know what? I never mind. I don't even want to put it out there. But I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I don't even want to put it out there. But it's just like it makes it makes my parental paranoia worse. But like I said, man, you just gotta let go and let God. There's really nothing we could do, man. But let but but let our kids exist and you know just pray for the best, brother. Nah, I, I, so I'm they on. have that in public schools and everything. A lot of times, yeah. Wow. Yeah, a lot of times it does. It just gives parents that 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 comfortability that they they're able to drop their kids off and you're able to watch them go from class to class. The only place that they don't have the cameras are, of course, in the bathroom, but it allows you to watch kids. I mean, I guess for me, if, if something like that, you know, you, you got to let the teachers know. Like, you always watching. I'm all, like, you know, sometimes you got to make random comments. I like, I'm like, I seen you today. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I said, I seen y'all painting. Y'all were painting yeah. for a long time today. I do that all the time. Yeah. I do that all the time. And even camp. I popped up at camp the other day. Yeah. Parental paranoia is such a real thing, but I think that's just a natural emotion. That that natural anxiety parents have is just, it's, it's, it's just, it's part of us. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm pretty sure it's always going to be part of us. Like, I'm yep. I'm 44 years old. My mom still checks on me. You know I learned that from my pops. My pops used to just pop up. And I pop, I pop up again. Oh, that's hey, me. Who's your child? Which one? Oh, that's me. Yeah, pop up. Oh, that's me. Yep. That's me. I, I was I was definitely, I'm, I'm like that. I'm, I'm, you remember in Tupac, uh, a Juice, when uh, Q closed that locker? Mm -hmm. And he was and just standing there. That's, standing that's there. me. That's me with all the teachers, bro. Yep. What's happening? All right. The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Do you think she's trying to mess your life up? Not like, just mentally, pretty much. Mentally, because we're not together anymore. She still live, you know, at my own house. You know, like, come home whenever they want to, not paying any bills. You know, and then it's like, when you try to tell them that you, you got to go, they they threaten you. They just, I don't want to do the, the, the bad thing and, you know, just call the cops or whatever, because my son is involved. I just want my son to be in the best position, you know. Is there any way you guys can do some counseling so y'all can co-parent together so you can have an expert come in and mediate? She doesn't want to do that. She doesn't want any of that. When we try to talk, you know, like, I'm getting cursed out. Well, sir, you should document all of this and lawyer up. That's all I could say. Because this I could... document them, but that's what scares me. I don't want to take my son into, like, you know, the, 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 the court. You know, it's just, I don't, I don't want any... I get custody and all of that but it's not it's beneficial to me but not to my son I'm not saying get custody but you might want to make sure because you know they do look more favorably upon whoever the person is that actually initiates that and she might be getting ready to take you to court and so if it's about the best interest of your son and you guys can't come to any sort of agreement I do recommend mm -hmm. you protect yourself and protect you know your rights to actually make sure you can see your son when you need to 
sometimes, you know, that might be the only act right solution. Yeah, I'm trying to do that. It's just like, I just want to say, people, like, when y'all not together anymore, it's the, it's the child that's getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to hurt each other or whatever. And I don't owe, you don't owe the, the, the woman or, or vice versa anything. No, you don't. And it's a shame. It's about the child. Yeah, that this is happening the way that it is. But I'm only telling you that I would even just talk to a lawyer to see what advice that they would have because they've seen this situation over and over and over again. So they might give you some solutions that you didn't even think of. Thank you. And Charlamagne, I have one more question, brother. Yes, sir. Um, I've, I've tried I've tried better, I think better help therapy. I've tried it like many different times. I've had like six sessions. None of them are good, man. It's just, I tried everything, but none of these what? things are. They're not helping at all. Well, you know, th- th- therapy is not one size fits all. You know what I'm saying? You might have to sit down mm-hmm. with a few therapists, you know, to figure out the one that's right for you. But also, too, man, it's a lot of other different ways to, you know, define healing. You might find healing through, you know, well, it might help you to heal the journal. You know, you might want to try meditation. You might want to try some breathing exercises. You might want to try some, you know, regular physical exercise. I'm going to actually get your email, and I'm going to connect you with my uh, partner, Dr. Alfie Breland Noble at the Mental Wealth Alliance, man. And we're going to try to find something that 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 can help you out, my brother. I appreciate it, man. I listen to y'all every day. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're going to get your email right now. Hold on one second. Yes, sir. Hello, who's this? Hey. Hey, Charlamagne. <laughs> listen, I'm a married man. I'm about not, not, about, not about to have no phone sex with you on this damn radio. Oh, I got you. I got you stuttering over there, girl. Yeah, just hey, hey you me phone got sex. Stuttering. Well, get it off your chest, Trav. No, no, that's my equipment messing up. <laughs> What's up? Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> His equipment's messed yeah, equipment's up. What's up, Trav? There, <laughs> listen, I'm calling to talk about. Listen, girls gotta stop thinking that they man is gay over the littlest things. Like girls have a problem showing me pictures of their man after they thinking he's gay or telling me this girl yesterday is gonna say that her man like to sleep naked on his stomach with the like. <laughs> with the fan blowing on him. And she tells her, is that gay? I said, because he like a little cool breeze on his butt. How does that make him gay? It's hard to sleep on your stomach, though. I sleep on my stomach all the time. Well, Trav, you I are mean... gay. In all fairness. <laughs> that is a fact, Trav. <laughs> you know what, you, you got a point. I gotta go tell her that her man might be gay. He might be gay. There you have it. Damn it, man. Mystery solved. Bye, Trav. All right, The Breakfast Club, good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ. Yay is competitive. So how do you decide what songs make it and what songs don't? You know, in working with them this time, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make a 12-song album. And six from you, and six from you, mm-hmm. and I just sort of, I just sort of kept it in that twelve box, and took the best six from each of them. So that yeah. way, there's no problems, no, no feelings. Oh no, or no, 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 no. And it was, it was good. It was, I mean, me personally, like what I was personally doing was like having like my own versus battle between both of them, because I would like go to Miami. I work with Pharrell. I take that to L.A. Be like, oh, look what me and P did. He'd be like, what? All right, hold on, hold on. Let's, gotcha. You know, <laughs> you know, it just, it was like a big back and forth. Now, did you see the interview we did with Coyle Ray? Yeah. Uh, the conversation. Yeah. What, what were your thoughts about man, that? Man, I love that girl, man. Yeah, yeah I like her. <laughs> I like her. Like she like she's just real like charismatic and um 
I actually like her songs. It's funny that your name just kept coming. I know. She like, kept, I was like, yo, what I do? You were like just, the bar. It was record with Hope. So oh, okay. You've been playing it every hour, so we were excited about it. And she was like, why are y'all so excited about this? And I'm here. We was like, because this is our era. This is oh, what we listen okay, to. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's where it came from. All right. Nah, man. It was, you know, I've I seen it, but... um. Yeah, I, I like her, man. I like her. She's a firecracker. You know, because I look at music, no matter how, what age somebody is, if I like a song, I like a song. Yep. Right? Do you find it that with the younger artists, it's not as relatable? Because I've heard people say that, too. Like, I can't understand this. It's not for me. And that's kind of what that conversation was about. I feel like, you know, f for me, man, rap, you got to be, like, culturally out here. It ain't just about lyrics, bars, so on and so forth. You got to, like... You know, it's a whole culture. It's it's fashion. It's it's just the energy of of knowing what's what and being in tune to what's what. And I feel like when you put that in your lyrics and when you put that in your raps, that's sort of relatable to everybody. Mm -hmm. Now maybe some, you know, maybe maybe some of the younger kids don't take that time. But I feel like you know when they're passive listening or whatever, it it, it hits everybody sooner mm -hmm. or later. Now I see your brother is is on the album. Yeah. Now you got him, you got him back in the studio. You got him back working. Well, first of all, how did you get him back in the studio? Okay. And two, does that mean that we're gonna get a clips album? Maybe. So listen. Possibly. This is the play, Hopefully. right? This is the play. So first, it started with the Nego album. Mm -hmm. That was an easy ass because it was like I was like, man, it's Nego. You know, we we sort of started this babe thing with him, and he putting out an album. Like, yo, we gotta we gotta do a song for right, that. Right. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So then I came back to him. I was like, yo, it's the last record on my album. Like, I need you to, you know, give me a verse. And he was like, I mean, all right, man. Like, you know, I, I still get to, I still get to pull like the little brother card, like mm -hmm. just, and just ask for things and expect to like get them. And like, I get to like look at them. Like, I mean, yeah, I just asked for it. And you got, you sort of got to do it. Mm -hmm. So, um, he, you know, he, he did it. He did the record. But um, he he's definitely looking at me like sideways, like yo, you think you are gonna keep asking me for these for these little features before they, you know what I'm saying? They sounded good. They, they sounded good. You, you, <laughs> those are clip songs. They're those not are clip just, songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so is his head in a good spot where maybe it is possible? I feel like these last two offerings, and I feel like the response is um definitely. I talked to him this morning. He was like, "I'm hearing what people saying, B. I'm hearing everybody <laughs> things everybody's saying." But you know, he's not committing. All right, we got more with Pusha T. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. At the time, man, like I said, I was I was like 20. Mm -hmm. At the time, I was like, man, this is great. Me and my brother just getting in the game. And then you realize how long that jingle has ran. The I'm loving it. You realize that. And then, boom, later, later on down the line, I did a record with Skrillex. Mm -hmm. And... Arby's used a piece of that record. Mm -hmm. I own forty percent of that record. So I was I had just been in business with Arby's like every few months getting checks for the commercial. That was like their theme music right before it'd be like, we got the meats. Or whatever. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> so thinking about the money from that and the money that I just I took a one payout on when I was twenty, I was like, damn, this is crazy. How much did they pay you back then to do that McDonald's jingle? Somewhere between a half and a million dollars for okay. me and my brother. So shout out Steve Style. He brought, hey Steve, I'm not ungrateful. Man, at 20, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, he got you that deal. Yeah, he got me that deal. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Shout out Steve Style. And they probably didn't know it was gonna be used for no, so probably long. Probably not, Goodness but it was. Yeah, gracious. Yeah, but that yeah. Was. Millions, <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. Hear it? Goodness gracious. So then Arby's, knowing the history of that, I, I had I, I do like discussions and panels and stuff, and people always ask me like, damn, well, like what is some of your regrets? And I and I tell them like, man, I took a payout. Mm -hmm for something from McDonald's years ago at 20. And 
I think Arby's caught wind of that, and they were like, man, we got this big fish that we about to, you know, we about to drop. And I know, you know, this is now we already in business together. They put together the whole play for me. That and is really like, like a beef. That's really them tapping in. Tapping into to the culture. Being dope. like, yo. And it was, you know, they just felt like it was, the whole thing was just synonymous with what I had going on too at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like. It's perfect. Yeah. They was like, yo, this is. this is Who this was is the executive a- there that even. Listen. Sat- I'm curious. who's Listen. I didn't meet him, but I'm hearing he's like looking at, looked at as a genius. It was something that he had to fight for. They like nixed the idea first. And right. he like went back like, listen, y'all not understanding. I'm telling you. I know they love. It. I hope they gave him a promotion. Because I'm telling so, you, man. that's why it's so important who's in these uh, positions right. at these corporations right. that can make these decisions. Because a lot of times people try to be part of the culture, but they right. don't do it right. Right. And the way that they did that was like, okay, it very clever. It was seamless. It was mm-hmm. seamless. It was clever. It was synonymous with like just all brands involved. It, it just made sense. You had invested in a streaming service too. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so is that what's going on with that? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how this one is playing some out. Some investments do yeah, well. Some, <laughs> some, some investments, investments do, do well. They, they turn, they, you know, yeah. they turn around. But other ones, you know, we we have to we have to wait and see. Okay, <laughs> we have to wait and see. What about other investments that you've done that have worked out? That you, I also got a um a business that I actually really love, man. It's it's medical transportation. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, like, we got, like, through the Hampton Roads area, it's, like, 20, 30 vans that just run, you know, elderly and mm-hmm. older people and people with, like, illnesses a- around the city. And um, it's just been, it's been really, it's been, like, really lucrative and, like, fulfilling, actually. Yeah, that's the yeah. best thing when you can do something yeah, that you can it's make like, money it's from really, people. It's really dope. When you said that, I, I, I'm, I'm doing something like that now because, you know, my, my wife's mother had dementia mm-hmm. and we would have to take care of her. Yeah. But I didn't know that the city and the state actually pays family members mm-hmm. to take care of her mm-hmm. instead of, you know, getting outside help. Right. They'll pay you because they say you do it anyway and they'll give you money for it. So you can get a salary from helping your mother, your grandmother, your grandfather. Wow. So we, we starting a business like that where we're helping people get that money, that's that salary to help their loved ones. Yeah. You know, before my mom passed, it was like nurses. She had nurses. Um, my sister's paralyzed. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, taking. my mom got a nurse taking care of my sister. She got a nurse. You know what I'm saying? How did your sister get paralyzed? Uh, like a stroke. Mm. Something. It is, and it's not even a stroke. It's something, it was something in the, something in the brain with the uh, blood vessels expanding or. Like an aneurysm? But it wasn't. It, okay. it, it, it It's a, it's a proper term, but mm-hmm. I, all of those terms are very close. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, um, it's been a lot, but, Everything seems to be working itself out and, and, and playing out in a really, really good, really good way. That's what it is. Well, Pusha, the album is out right now. It's yes. almost dry. I got to thank Pusha, too. You know, a lot of you don't know that me and Pusha, we, we knew each other from when I was in college. And, yes. And um, he used to come with me all the time to all the clubs, make sure I was safe. And there Did was you see one- any of the crazy things he used to do? Because I read his book. He was there pushing with yeah. You don't understand. It was one time huh. I was, was DJing there. and they was throwing chairs and tables at me and pushing. Was it because of Envy? It had to No, be. probably because of us. <laughs> and we hid behind Envy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, when I, but when I did my first car show, I called Pusher and I was like, I'm doing my car show. And he was like, come get my, he had, he had, he had his Ferrari. He was like, come get the Ferrari. And I came and got the Ferrari. And then when I delivered it, it uh, we dropped it by accident. We, we cracked it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> did, wow. Did you? No, then they, then they had to go fix it. Wait a minute. In front they, of it? They probably did. I don't know. In front of wow. it. Wow. 
But you know, he didn't. He wasn't mad about that. That's nah, a nice it's just a car. It's just a car. It's just a car. Did you call Envy when you heard all the news about like his book and how his wife couldn't orgasm just to no. reassure him? No, now I gotta explain it. No, so, bro, this, come on. This, this, I can't. I don't. <laughs> just don't. All right, you right. don't. Push the team. <laughs> Thank you. Album is out. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yo, he is wild. It's the yes. Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Any first responder will tell you, never try to beat a train. After breaking, it can take a mile for a train to completely stop. So when you come to a rail crossing, stop. Because trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. Um, Philip Ashley, he makes these chocolates, chocolate-covered cherries. And so I had a whole huge box of them that I ordered. And I think I ate like eight of them in a row. Goodness and I had dessert. <laughs> yeah, I love fat things. Okay? Uh, you know, back in the day, you get high. You get the sunbeam honey bun. You know, put a Snickers on top of it, microwave it for 40 seconds, and then eat it with a spoon. Lord have mercy. And, and even though I've always been lactose intolerant, sometimes you risk it all and put some ice cream on top of that thing. Man, listen, that's good eating. You know, I, I remember I told you about this one time. I was in South Carolina. I think it was called the, the Thunder something. Thunderbird, Florence, South Carolina. Now, it looked like a cafeteria, but the food in there was amazing. Yes. And I must have went back to that line about five times. It's a buffet. The buffet, yeah. yeah. Listen, all my fat stuff involves being hot. You know what I'm saying? You get on them edibles, and I love to eat. So, you know, if, if I know I'm going to do an edible, wherever we order food, I, I'm going to order what I'm going to eat, and then I'll order something later. that I know I'm going to eat when I get the munchies later. The problem with that is it's usually a whole other meal. It is. <laughs> you know what it I'm is. saying? It's not a snack. And, and you know meal. what's really fat? When you're eating, and while you're eating, you're like, God damn, it's going to taste good later when I'm high. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what else makes you feel fat. When you done passed out mm -hmm. from being high and drunk, and it's 12.30, 1 o'clock, and you wake up and you think about them leftovers, and you're like, I got to eat them now while I'm high, because they ain't going to hit the same tomorrow when I'm not. Hello, who's this? This is Dre from Hampton. Talk, talk to us, Dre. So, Jack, you know in the cruise, right, they always got food 24 hours, right? Right. And then they got a set dinner time. Correct. Well, I was on this cruise one time, and I got a slice of pizza from the pizzeria, and I'm heading back into my room. As I'm heading back to my room, I'm ordering room service, but I'm about to go to dinner for five minutes. I see the cruises do it dirty too because it's free room service, it's free food. So I do that too. I just I order some food room service just in case you don't like the dinner, right? So you so you you still good, and then you eat the yeah. dinner. I don't. I've never been on a cruise. Me neither. Mm -mm. I, I don't like cruises. I don't want to be in the middle of the ocean in a boat for all them days. Hello, who's this? It's Brandon. Brandon, what's up, brother? What's the fattest thing you've done? All right, check it out. I, like so, in the hood. You only got like a few choices of food, so in the meantime, it's Chinese. I figured I'd mix them together. So I bought me a spice, then walked to the Chinese store, got me some fried rice with some beef and broccoli. Mm. And I took the slice out, put the beef and broccoli with the fried rice on top of the slice. Mm. And then, and Ooh, man. Food. You that's some good eating, King. On top of the King, pizza? that's some good eating, King. Ooh. Was it shrimp fried rice? Nah, it was regular fried rice with some onions. Can you imagine the shrimp fried rice on top of a slice of pizza? Lord have mercy. The mixture um, of the sauces and the taste. Ooh, you eating, King? How much you weigh, bro? Thank you. How much I weigh? Yeah. I currently weigh 200. <laughs> Man, hey, I, I, I did that over the holidays. I hadn't had Chinese food in a long time. I went to uh, Chopsticks, Chopsticks, Chopsticks in Teaneck, New Jersey. They're like a kosher Chinese restaurant. Mm -hmm. And they got them chicken egg rolls. I ordered four of them things. And I came home, my daughter asked for one, act like I ain't here. Because <laughs> I knew what I wanted to do later with that April. Hello, who's this? Hello, this is Keita. How are you? Good morning. Hey, Keita. What's, we, we're talking about uh, doing some fat things. Talk to us. Yes. So the fattest thing I did 
was made a donut burger. So it had. Oh, the Luther? Say it again. The Luther. Yes. Mm hmm. What the hell is the Luther? Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's a hamburger patty with bacon on it, and I had like some extra bacon with a fried hard egg and a hash brown. And then you top it with the, uh, the donut. The donut. Yep. Yep. That's some real <laughs> fat ish yep. right there. That's yep. some real fat ish. Yep. Y'all ain't never watched the Boondocks? That was an episode of the Boondocks, the oh Luther Burger. Thank you, mama. I never tried it, though. Every time I see it, I'm too scared of that. I ain't never got that high. All right, man. So now y'all feel fat? Y'all hungry like I am? What's, what's the moral of the story? Man, food is amazing, bro. The, the moral of the story is, you know, I, I think your diet is a bank account. And good food choice is a good good investment. And it doesn't sound like y'all making good investments. Like, I, I was talking about we just random things. This sounds like this some of y'all regular everyday diet, all right? So just make sure you're making, uh, you know, good food choices to make good investments. That's all. But, man, food is life. Well, I love food so much. Absolutely. Lord have mercy. We all fat. We all trans fat, bro. And we just need to accept it. Don't nobody really like eating healthy? No. No. Oh, healthy could be delicious. That's not true. Sure. It definitely is. <laughs> it don't taste like that. Yeah, I don't so, sure. It don't taste like them. them sure. Them Man, Kreme the juices donuts. at Juices for Life, those like are amazing. It's like dessert. They're good. Yeah. But they they taste no, delicious. Nothing tastes good like the Mangoes. Oh, my God. I love a good, juicy mango. If all this Grapes. stuff we really love to eat was healthy, like if there was, if, if Krispy Kreme donuts kept us alive, guess what we'd be eating this morning right <laughs> now? <laughs> I tried you know that. I mean, if Chick-fil-A is what gave us muscles, guess what we'd be eating this morning? You remember what I used to eat every morning up here? And I love sauteed, sauteed spinach with garlic. Yum. All right. Well, this is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Michelle Johnson of Brownsville called to use our outlet. She called to get some things off her chest, and this happened. Michelle, tell them why you mad, Michelle. Because I'm mad, and I was watching TV the other day, and I seen that Barack Obama want to go to war with Siri. Siri ain't never did nothing to nobody. I like Siri. Siri? Everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yes, Siri on the iPhone, Angela. I think you're talking about Syria. No, Siri on the iPhone, the one that lets me know everything I need to know, where I need to go, all the restaurants, all the popping restaurants, all the popping clubs. No, God bless you. Barack Obama wants to go to war with Syria. Syria is a country. Siri is the uh, feature on the iPhone. When I was watching TV, he said, he wanted to go to war with Syria. That's S-Y-R-I-A, Syria. You got to stop watching BET and watch more CNN, baby. Mm -mm. Well, y'all don't know what the hell y'all talking about. Oh, we don't know what we talking okay. about. Okay. Lord have mercy. Let us pray. This is why I don't be talking to N-words after 5 p.m. Now, Siri, would you like to respond to Michelle Johnson saying Barack Obama wants to go to war with you? Michelle, you dumb I'm Siri. Syria is a country. Oh, man. <laughs> the world's most dangerous morning show. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. 
They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the... You just keep saying it. No, and we're going to keep that no, in. You're not even know. We're no, going to we keep not. keep that in no. because this is the last <laughs> Breakfast Club interview of the year, but it's yeah. also the last Breakfast Club interview in this studio. Correct. You know what I mean? And I'm actually glad that he's here. That's this right. is a great, a great note to end on after... 
13 years. That's right. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Drewski is joining us. Thank you. Thank you. What up, Drewski? No pressure, Drewski, but this is the last day. Like yeah, y'all don't, y'all don't no give pressure. me the bull just because I'm the last one, though. No, 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 yeah, no, no, let's no. wrap it up. Let's no, wrap it up. No, no. You know why I'm glad you're here? Because you represent the now, but you also represent the future. Yes. And that's what the Breakfast Club is currently doing right now. I we like represent that. the now, but we're moving into the future. So it's good yes. to have you here, that's brother. That's perfect. I How like you that. feeling, brother? I feel good, man. I feel blessed. I'm actually super excited I'm up here because I literally sat back and watched y'all for so long. It's mm -hmm. like... Uh, one of those moments where it's like, damn, I'm here, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you so. get a lot of money, Drewski. Nah, you're getting on, a lot, Drewski. Drewski, nah, stop see, by first of all. You see how they try to just pop all, it off? One of your yeah. partners, one of your partners was what, what, a close friend of mine, Hovain. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. God bless him, Hovain, yeah. Was he your manager? Or? Yeah, at, at one point we, we yeah. worked together, yeah. Um, we Not not towards, you know, the end of it because, you know, some, you know some business is business, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but nah, he was a great guy, though. So. I'm fully aware that you're getting money, Drewski. Oh, man. <laughs> Goodness gracious. What makes you say that? I mean, mm. your outfit, mm. your chain, and plus I see you on commercials. Wanted, this, this was like, this was a gift, though. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not I'm not just out here buying chains. Who gave you that? Um, You know, we'll we talk don't. about that. Like, yeah, nah, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk. <laughs> you know, I don't want to, you know. Put it out there. But yeah, yeah, it's a gift. Though, so, so let's start from the beginning. How did it all get started? You went to Georgia Southern University. Yes. Now, and you wanted to be in sports broadcasting. Yeah. And and what happened? Um, I think I just wanted to be on TV, man. It wasn't really about doing sports broadcasting. It was just like something I knew I could go to school for to like, you know, entertain. I just, I, I didn't know. I knew my parents wanted me to go to school, so I'm like, All right, I'm gonna figure out a way to stay in school and do some cool. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, that was like the go-to just for the just to do that though. But I ended up doing what I really wanted to do. Now, you know, how, how did you make that pivot? Um, dropping out of high school. I mean, drop not dropping out of high school, dropping out of college. So, yeah, so what year did you drop out? Uh, the, I think I did one year at uh, GGC, which is like a, a close school to where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Um, then I went to Georgia Southern, and I did like half a semester. Jesus. And just stop going to classes, just all all in general. Let's talk about that mindset. Like, I mean, yeah. I never went to college, period. But So what made you realize that, you know, you know what, college isn't the move for me? Um, I think, bro, just going up, those classes are so big. You don't even have, like, a real, like, like connection with none of the teachers. I, yeah. I think when I started out at the smaller school, it was, I was cool because I still knew people where I was mm -hmm, from. Mm -hmm. Everybody's still cool with each other, you know. It felt like high school again. You know, mm -hmm. that's another year of high school. You get up to those big college. I thought it was about to be like a party. You know what I'm saying? You watch movies like ATL or Drumline and stuff, and you see like kind of like the college type. You like okay, right, right, right. All right, all right. And I thought it was gonna be like that, but nah, man. I went all the way out there to that party school, and I ended up hating it, bro. I, really? didn't, I didn't like. Yeah, nah, what made you hate it? It just wasn't. I, I went out there for other reasons. I went out there thinking this is like the lifestyle I could live. Like, yeah, this is the real college lifestyle. And I ended up just hitting me in the mouth with it. Like, but, but you it thought it was, was going to be like though. partying and women. What you thought? Yeah, it was gonna be? I wanted that, man. I, I wanted a real college experience because when you go to those small colleges, you don't get that. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. like I said, like it's high school again. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna step out here. I'm trying to, I'm mm -hmm. trying to get my my deal on, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, I, I needed that though because I ended up figuring out that I wanted to be a comedian when I didn't go to class that other semester. So basically you went to college and was like, damn, we still got to do work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually worse because the teachers don't, they don't, they don't give a crap about you. Nah, the teachers, you, you even got to show up. You got to do your work. Yeah, if you, you don't, you, you fail. walk in, it's a lecture, it's a thousand people sitting in here, they don't care who you are, you walk, man, listen, man, it ain't, it ain't for everybody. Let's, let's go back to, okay. I was going to say, and 
where, where you going back? Cause I was going to say, let's go back before college. Let's go back before high school. Because yeah. it just don't just start. You just don't start being funny. Like, yeah, I can yeah. watch you and tell this guy is naturally funny. Right. It's not performative. Yeah. You had to be the class clown, the disruptor in school, something. Um, yeah, I was I was always the class clown, man, since I was, like, in elementary school. Uh, but I didn't know that's what I wanted. I actually, I, I wanted to do that, but I didn't know it was, like, a real profession that could like be my career right you know so like i'm young and i used to go to second third grade and i used to ask kids be like who do you think the funniest in our class is and they'd be like oh you're so funny man like you know i thought that was like the cool thing so every year like right. my goal was like yeah i'm to gonna be make sure I'm, I'm the funniest in this whole grade like i want everybody to agree that i'm the funniest so it was just something my small I, I would put in the back of my head but i never thought i would really end up making it a career honestly i just didn't think too deep into it uh but I, I definitely have always been a class clown, man. What did you do back in the day that you realized, like, uh, okay, when you think about it now, look, I, I went too far back then. I, um, All them ass whoopings, man. My dad was whooping my ass. Really? Let me talk about Not you ass. went too far. What did ass. you go too far on? What did I go too far on? What, in elementary school? Yeah, like prank-wise. So let me give you an example. But, but the trauma, I'd I, I rather hear about the trauma from the ass with well, me. Let me give you an example. Go. So Charlamagne <laughs> used to make fun of this kid that was uh, <laughs> mentally challenged. Oh, man. Right, and he would make fun of this kid all the, all, all the time yeah. until one day the kid turned around Whooped and beat Charlemagne's ass. He didn't yeah. beat my ass; he choked me. It's a difference. He put me in a mm. dope fiend. He put me in the sleep. You know they're strong though. What? Hey, I'm telling Drewski, you, you know they're strong. You have no idea. Yeah, they you got to see how they built. They stature built. Right. They always got big booties. So you should know. Not hey, I'm telling you, I never see. That's why I never did that. They just go into the bathroom. You know when they go into the bathroom, they pull their pants all the way down. And I could tell from stature, I'm like, okay, this dude built up. He got some strong hind legs on. You know, you, 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 know, you don't mess with them, man. I'm telling you right now. You post, just, you just post up. You post you up in the paint real well. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just always knew not to mess with them. I could tell. Yeah. So why why'd you bring up your daddy beating you? Oh, man. You know, that was just some. Where you from, first of all? And why he tried to make it seem like it was like just the worst thing. <laughs> you I think everybody, everybody, everybody got whoopings. Yeah, everybody no. got whoopings, man. But you just volunteered the information. No, nah, I mean, that's really how I knew. Like, I was really wilding out when I was in elementary and middle school. Got you know? you. Yeah. Go ahead. Say what you're saying. No, that's it. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. The reason I I say you probably wasn't wilding out like you thought you was. Yeah. Our parents, man, the way they I don't know what year you was born, but I was born in 1978. The way the way we was raised, them <laughs> them ass cuttings we used to get. Yeah. That was them projecting their trauma on us sometimes. Yeah. 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 We ain't. Just, I ain't deserved to get beat with no extension yeah. cord. I think yeah. he might have. Hey, extension cord. Yeah. Yeah. He might. He might have deserved yeah. it. My yeah. dad was old school like that too, though. He he. He tried to light his house on fire. Like he oh, that's not that what Drewski. He's lying. Oh, that's, yeah, man. that's not what happened. What's I was the in, reason? I was in my room just playing with a lighter. I wasn't trying to light nothing on fire. And what I was just playing with the lighter. That's what like happened? nothing. Like I was like I would light the carpet, put it out, light, light the carpet. The put carpet. It out. That's that's so it was just sparks. Like have Drewski. you ever said, you know what? Let me try to light my carpet. Yeah, nah, but I did stupid stuff too, like that. Like yeah. I was I was big on the stupid stuff, like putting um I put a paper clip in a uh, outlet, and it and it like blew up on me and in my face. For real, for real. And, yeah, I, I did a little stupid so stuff. How long like you been suicidal? No, I was not. What? How old was Y'all did you try to kill yourself? Why did you try to kill yourself? Nah. Why would you do that? It's just, just curious things, man. You know, people t when people used to tell me, yo, don't do that, I'm like, I, I need to figure out the reason. Why? <laughs> why is everybody tripping if you put something in the outlet? Like, yo, I see plugs going there all the time. I got to see what's the reason behind that. So just... Stupidity, Jesus. man. Yeah. All right, we got more with Drewski. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.
Yeah. You know, a, a career. So what was like your first breakout moment online, you think? Mm. Man, I, I was doing so much during the pandemic. The pandemic was a great time for me because everybody was like tuned in to everybody was holding. anything online, mm -hmm. anything. So I took over like the whole pandemic. I was doing skits about these white boys I went to college with. Mm -hmm. uh, Kyle Rogger, where I would do this frat boy um, mm -hmm. character that I would always mess around doing. And I did a lot of other stuff like that people could relate to and find as funny, you know. Uh, yeah, we took over uh, during pandemic. That was that was a good time for me. Not healthy, yeah, right. but yeah. And what was your first big break? Like the first time people seen you? Because after the pandemic, everything went off. You did commercials. You were yeah. uh, doing tours. You yeah. were doing everything. So what was you that? You on tour now? The coulda woulda shoulda. Yeah, yeah man, coulda woulda shoulda tour, brother. Go get y'all tickets. Mm. Uh, I think the first big opportunity I was handed was. Um, Drake's Laugh Now Cry Later video. Mm -hmm. That was a really, really big moment for he me. He reached out to you? Yeah, yeah, he did. The DM? And it, it was, yeah, it was it was really early on too, man. He's But I, I knew he was watching because, you know, he would laugh at certain stuff in the videos and stuff. And I was like, okay, that's crazy. And he reached out, uh, asked for my number. And then we had a couple conversations. Next thing you know, he was like, yo, I need you to um, come to Oregon at the Nike headquarters and we're going to shoot this video. I got this concept. And just, I was just like, Hey, I, I, I didn't even know. I was speechless. I didn't even know what to say, you know? Did you think it was really him when he hit you, or did you think it was somebody fake? Nah, I knew it was him. I knew it was him because, you know, I, I, he's one of those people that I, like, tapped in. He mm -hmm. don't really let a whole bunch of people run his stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. I, knew, I knew it was him. How much does one charge for that? Because you young in the game. Yeah, yeah. You probably just want the opportunity, so you're probably not even thinking about the money. Drake calls us free. Yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't, it wasn't, I think it was off the love, but also, nah, they, they threw me something. They, it, it was a good, it was a good check. But see, the reason I the reason I bought that up is because a lot of times uh, people don't recognize opportunity unless there's a paycheck attached mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. To me, that would just have been a great opportunity yeah. that I would have took. Yeah. But see, I sacrificed a lot of other stuff during that time. Like I would go and do a whole bunch of stuff for free that I mm -hmm. knew was a great opportunity. Like um, before Jack blew up, Jack Harlow blew up. I went on tour with him for free. Okay. Like, and literally, because he was just like, yo. I, I can bring you on and you can host before I go up on stage, which was like small shows at the time. He was like, we only got one slot on the bus, so you can't bring none of your friends. I have no money. I don't have a budget to give you to come out. He was like, honestly, this could just help you just get experience on stage. And I was like, all right, bet. Dope. And I was like, broke. Like, I couldn't even pay my rent at the time. And I was like, I'm going. Like, it don't matter. He was like, I can pay for your meals, you know, and we'll just figure it out. And that that was one of those moments as well that was just like, Sacrifices, you know, just how long was y'all on tour? Uh, almost two months, I think. Wow. Whoa, so yeah. th this is great. You on tour for two months, he's paying for your food, I'm sure, with hotels. Nope, we were staying, staying on bus. that bus. Yeah, we doing wow. truck stops. We were stopping at truck stops in the morning. Wow, yeah, man. We See, I took showers and watched the truck stops. Yeah, like we even, uh, we, we, if we, if they did get a hotel, it would be like one hotel room. Everybody's about to go in here. You go, you go shower. You come out, you go shower, you go come out, you go shower, you come out, and everybody get right back on the bus. It never was like hotel rooms for everybody. So Jack wasn't even Jack yet. Yeah, not yet. But he, you know. Man, there's nothing better yeah. than that, man. Yeah, man. And now y'all both have come up together, yeah. you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? He's blow up to be a big star. Now he yes. give you even better looks. Yeah, man. You, you know this house Thanksgiving? Uh yeah, I see, I see y'all did y'all research, huh? How was that? <laughs> When you said the food, you when, you, when you said the food was terrible, I understand. Yeah, I, I, nah, I he, he, I, I can't, I can't even trash it, man, because I, I don't know who cooked it. You know, I thought it was his mom. I can't trash it for that because I love that lady, but somebody <laughs> was cooking that um, stuff in there. 
I don't know who it was. It was somebody white, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, his whole family, yeah. So were, you, were, white, were you reminded yeah. in that moment, like, oh, man, Jack's cool as hell, but he's really white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think <laughs> they were singing Kumbayas for, um, yeah, for, for Thanksgiving. They be singing, like, songs and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're big on that. You know, they print out these sheets kind of like y'all got, and they pass them around to the kids, the, the moms, the aunts, mm -hmm. and they singing white and spiritual songs. So what did you do when they were singing? You were singing? I was just staring there, but I think I was recording. I was like, yo, is this... This some type of like yo, I don't know. I didn't I didn't know if it was a ritual or something. You know. I, Did you act like the food was good while you was there? Um, I definitely I definitely put on a little bit. <laughs> yep, I def definitely misled them. I definitely misled Only them to because tell they the thought, world later on. Yeah, I, I feel bad. That's why I was saying I feel bad. I can't. I don't know who's cooking the stuff, but somebody don't know what they doing. <laughs> Damn, it was yeah, that bad. Was some, yeah, you know they they like to put breadcrumbs and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it just you top it off with breadcrumbs. It'd be like green beans, top it with breadcrumbs. Macaroni, top it with breadcrumbs. Why? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Raisins just, in the potato salad? Yeah, pointless stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, just And Jack just, was acting like it slapped. Oh yeah, you know, you know. That's a spam though, man. They cool. <laughs> they cool. I tell you that though. They cool. They might not be able to cook. They cool though. So what'd you do? Say, hey man, Jack, take me to KFC or something. Man, man. I was in there singing them kumbayas, man. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy. I ain't say none of that. And did you spend nah. the night at his house? Uh, I think around that time we were on tour, so okay. yeah, yeah, we we I think we might have got back on the bus after that. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So what does this yeah. coulda woulda shoulda tour look like? Oh man, this is about to be amazing. This is a great tour. You're gonna get me. You're gonna get some of coulda been records. You know, uh, who's on coulda been records? Oh man, we ain't signed nobody yet, but we looking. Oh, you looking? We okay. always looking. You know, and um, I always say this: it's not about talent. Some t some people just got the look, right? Uh, and it's always it's it's. I feel like sometimes people just have what it takes to to be in my presence, you know? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. With that being said, you know. You think y'all ever drop music? <sighs> yeah. We ain't, we ain't to that point, man. I'm still disciplined to some of the artists that we looking to sign. I'm still disciplined. Mm -hmm. You try to sign NBA, right? Yeah, I tried to sign him, man. He's he's an interesting cat. Why you say that? He's just, you know, bipolar. Yeah. I try to, try to, <laughs> try to, try to get on the same page with him. I never can, though. Who else did you try to sign that didn't? Mm, I think I tried to get Kodak. I remember Kodak. Yeah, I tried I to get Kodak. That. He didn't like that I presented the opportunity in the way I did. How'd you present it? I just told him, I said, yo, we passed on your opportunity. But we look, we still look at him. And he was, he, hey, he didn't like that. No? Mm -mm. I, can, I can see why. Yeah. And I yeah. also see you a love interest in the, in the video. In my cousin's video. Which one? My cousin. Chloe Bailey. Oh, that's your cousin? Yeah. That's what they say. That's a, are, are you real? No, that ass. Oh, like yeah, third, man. four, fifth, six, seven. It don't eight, matter. Yeah, it's my cousin. It's my girl. Yeah, yeah. Chloe Bailey. That's that's crazy. Yeah, y'all do, like do a lot. Y'all do a lot of IG lives together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah, think y'all yeah. really dating. Yeah, really. That's, that's you know that's just a rumor. We we did a movie and you know people just everybody talks and stuff. Yeah, I'm the love interest in the movie that we're doing. Yeah. What's the movie? I, I didn't hear about. Praise that. this. It's it's actually gonna be a very funny movie. It's a. Um, you have a love scene. Like love making. <laughs> man, I'm saying, I mean, like, what the love scene? I don't know. Nah, we, we, nah, nah. It's a church movie, man. It's a family movie. It's a family movie. It ain't talking about love, man. I wouldn't be against it, but I tell you what, she's she's a very beautiful individual. Um, she's very hardworking, and yeah, nah, that movie's got to be amazing. All right, we got more with Drewski. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. I guess the OG comics, because there was this thing one time where OG comics would be like, oh, people from the internet aren't real comics. Yeah. Why do you think I bring this tea up here, though? 
To look like because yeah, to look like I know what I'm talking about. I seen the OGs coming up here doing. It. I seen like Kevin Hart and them. You know, I seen them bring tea. So I'm like, all right, let me let me let me make a statement. Bring some, yeah, let me bring that's a hot true. cocoa up here. That's you know, true. Mm-hmm. that's true. They yeah, said, that's true. That is true. And you know, so that's one of my you know that's one of my things. I knew I was gonna do when I came up here. Drink tea. Yeah, I was gonna bring something just to look like I'm noble. <laughs> just to look. Now, when you go on the, when you go the room with, with drama and, and uh, Wiz Khalifa and all those, so how is doing that? Because you're a comedian amongst all these artists. Is that yes. difficult? Because they want to see people perform. Um, you're saying like when we're just chilling, hanging out? No, when you're on tour, when you're working. Oh, when I'm on tour. Yeah, um, nah, that's not hard, man. You know, those are, those are the ones that show love the most. Um, yeah, I, I, I like when people come out and come to shows and stuff. Yeah, that's not but you never answered the question about do you feel, you know, uh, you, you, you got to get these OGs respect as oh, a comedian? Um, yeah, I think that's that's that always happens, man. And uh, you, you, I think you just got to you got to go through the hard work. The first thing Kevin Hart told me when I, I, I went to his show and I'm backstage and I was like, I was just watching him. You know, everybody congratulating him like, oh, my God, it's a great show. Oh, my God. And I was just looking at him from across the room because they invited me to the green room and I'm just like, all right, when's my moment to say what's up? You know, like I was kind of nervous, you know, and um, I'm expecting just to be like, yo, you did. A, you had a great show. Dude breezes past me and he looks at me and says, stop being a bitch. I was like, what the hell is he talking about, man? <laughs> and I, 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 had my, like, I had my like hand extended out. Like, poor, hey, what's up, man? I thought he was going to be like, hey, you killing this shit, man? He walked past me again. He said, I'm telling you, stop being a bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, what the so I'm asking his boys. I'm like, yo, what is, yo, what is Kevin talking about, for real? I, yeah, and he and he walked up to me. Get on that stage. And, and he, yeah, he said, he said, get on that stage. He said, stop acting like you're too good to do stand up. He was like, you doing all the little hosts and the tours. He said, but you, you, you ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing. He said, you, he said, see, y'all scared, man. He said, these new cats, y'all scared, y'all, y'all think y'all got all the fame, y'all think y'all the. Shit. He said, stop being a bitch. I'm like, man, and that that hit my soul, man. And I, I started going to these open mics and. Working on my set, you know, and uh, yeah, you you get you gotta fail before you. We always ask. You, you remember your best show and your worst show. Mm-hmm. What was the worst show? Let's start with worst. Mm. Um, I had a really really terrible <laughs> terrible experience more recently. Um, I tried to say a joke. What um, city? This was in Atlanta. I was just going on an open mic, and um, yeah, it, it just fell very flat. What was the joke about? I'm trying to remember. I think I, I told a story. That traumatizing. But, you had to forget. Nah, yeah, that I just wanted to erase that from my mind. I can't think of the joke I said, but it was something about like my past. Yeah, it it, it fell flat though. Like I think somebody somebody clapped, like in a, in a, in agreement with me, and I knew I said, okay, that wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not up here preaching, man. Somebody somebody started, you know, they're like, oh okay, and I'm like, hey man, expecting a laugh here. So what do you do from yeah. that? So now you're Drewski. Now this yes. is recent, so this is yeah. Drewski, Drewski. Yeah, yeah, millions of followers. Mm-hmm. You're on tour. You go on stage. They cheering because they're excited yeah. to see yeah. you. You tell them. I said it straight. I tell them as soon as I get out there. I say, hey man, I'm working on stuff. Y'all don't expect nothing because they, you know, people try to stand up to you. Stand an ovation. But you know, when you're working on your set for like a big show that's coming up, you got. Hey, I just walked up there and say, hey, y'all know, hey, I am Drewski, yes, but uh, I'm working on stuff. Don't expect no big, you know, the, my best jokes right now, you know. But that's how you get better, though. That's that's the best way. How'd to, you walk off stage when they, after they did that? Did you just end right there? Uh, I think I tried to say something else, and uh, yeah, I followed. I said, that's my time. Thank you. <laughs> you know, just try to say you try to do something and just yeah, yeah that's my time, y'all. Thank y'all. 
I want to go back to what you said well, about Kevin. We're talking about the best show. We're talking about the worst show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why? We're talking about positive stuff. <laughs> so what was the best show? Do you remember your best show you had? Um, I think my best show... Uh, I did I did a piece of could have been when I was on the Lil Baby and Chris Brown tour mm-hmm. and uh, I had this dude come out who was previously on my Instagram live and he came out and danced and like the crowd lo- it was hilarious like I was just reacting to everything he did and it was, it was that was a really good so show he wasn't telling no jokes that nah was, it was more, it, was, it was a whole show, bunch of, it was it, yeah it was it was it was like <laughs> improv you know it yeah. was like it, I was just out there just wilding out like I was f***ing with the crowd and you know all that sorry for cussing no go ahead but to that point I knew exactly when you when Kevin said stop being a bitch I knew exactly what he was saying to you because that's what all OGs yeah, do yeah. but do you have to hit the stage that might not be your thing yeah I like, mean I, but, I but like- he's saying stop being a bitch as in like go out there and try it before you act like you're too good to be doing or don't be out here acting like you you know don't be acting like you the sh- and you ain't even tried something that, you know, could be potentially huge for you. So he's not necessarily saying, I have to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. He's just saying, like, yo, go try it out. What are you... Because on the flip side, scared? there's stand-up comedians that can't do what you do online. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They can't do... They're not good yeah. in sketch. Like, yeah. you might be a great sketch yeah. performer. Not yeah. saying that you can't be both. I'm just yeah. saying you might be... That might right, be your man. lane. You're right. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if I get booed off another stage. Or not even booed, another clap like that. Yeah. Another clap like that, I might wrap it up. I saw you with Speedy, and you was talking about how when you're with, like, A-list celebrities, paparazzi ignores you. That yeah, bothers man. you? Um, not anymore. I haven't, I haven't gone out to, to where it's like that anymore. I did, at one point in time, it was... Mm-hmm. Like that though. Yeah, uh, of course, you walk with Jack Harlow. They say, "Excuse me, can you step yeah, to the side?" And yeah, just take, yeah. And, and around the time I was hanging with like Odell, you know, he's a he's a big timer man. So, you know, I just I actually get inspired by it. Like I I, I will leave and I'll be like, "Damn, that's so cool." You yeah. know what I'm saying one day, just one day, man. So it motivates you. Yeah, it's motivation for real. Yeah. Has any but, celebrity just walked past you, didn't speak to you at all, and, and continue to ignore you? And oh you man, just always remember that. Be like, all right, I'm gonna get that back. Yeah, well, nah, it's not even I get that back. I just Hollywood is weird, man. These people, like, they'll literally, you'll see somebody be like, oh my god, man, hey, hey, I love you, boy, I love you. Next time you see that dude, he'll just be like, you like, what? Like, yo, you my boy, man. You remember? You remember? Yeah. And it'll be a big, big time person. You'd be like, yo, it's just wishy washy, man. Wow. It's, you know, that's Hollywood, though. I'm sure y'all. I've seen people act different. They come and they go. Yeah, man. We've been we've been around a long Absolutely. time, yep. and you know yep. what's so interesting? The people who are actually somebody, like I'm talking about, like the Jay Zs, Beyonces of the yeah. world, nicest people, yeah. but walk in the room, say what's up to everybody, and everybody. introduce themselves. Yes. But then it's these one hit wonders that be acting all extra. Oh, man. But you know what I think it is? I think when you come from a certain environment, you you have a notion in your head of what you think a celebrity is supposed yeah. to act like. Yeah. You know, see that's the problem though. A lot of people believe that they have to act like that. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah, I'm I'm a big time now. I gotta act like I don't I don't mess with people like that. Mm-hmm. That's 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 twisted, man. That's backwards. Now I want to go back. What you you said something earlier about uh you know uh, I don't know what the politically correct term is now. Mentally challenged mm-hmm. folks. But you talk about how fat their asses were. Mm-hmm. What? That's what you want to go back. Now to? no, because I I noticed something, Drewski. You yes. noticed asses, and I'm gonna tell you what I noticed that. Yeah, man. When I forgot oh, what performance it was, but Jack Harlow was performing on a plane. Mm-hmm. And he had all his friends oh, on the plane. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. were looking at Jack's ass. He was sitting was in the chair. Was I, man? Yes, yes go back and get him. Yes, you were. Nah, yes, you were. I remember I dapped him. No, you dapped him, and then you, and then you were like, mm. And then you leaped over. Yes. But, nah, I think I think what had happened, he dropped something out of his pocket. I think his wallet dropped. He didn't bend over. Nah, he ain't bend over. 
something dropped, and I'm like, oh, there you go. He's yeah. performing, so I couldn't even say nothing. But I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, okay. He dropped something out of his pocket. I no, think it might have no, been no, no, It was his back pocket then. Yeah, his back pocket. Now you look. Y'all believe me, right? No. No. Yo, come on, man. Hey, I don't care. I just want to. Hey, I ain't gonna come up to breakfast club and lie. Yeah, I, I seen something drop, man. Yeah, I wasn't looking. Man, it's okay. It's I'm a performer. It's all right. If that's what you went to, it's cool. Nah, nah, yeah, everybody nah, said all this. Hey, 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 what that mean? I, I I have nothing. I, I was I was I, it sounded like I was. You know, <laughs> that's why you know. If, I, if you you keep, yeah, yeah, I keep grabbing that tea. Yeah, <laughs> keep grabbing that tea. It, it makes me seem like I know what I'm talking about. I got nothing. I got nothing. No, y'all stupid, man. What, what, what's what next for Drewski, man? Yes, what what Drewski got coming up? Um, uh, this by the way, no, for, future for future reference, know when people ask you that, the interview might be wrapping up. So just know that. <laughs> Just know that. What's next for Juicy? It's up to you. Yeah, what's next for Juicy? It's really when somebody Juicy. when people say things like, "What's the next for Juicy?" Be prepared. What you got coming up? It could, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could, it could go either it way. Go either way. Or, yeah, or yeah. when they say, "Give me your Instagram." That, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do me like that. It's the last one now. Um, nah, I got I got a lot in store, man. Um, we're writing scripts for this movie uh, for me and Jack right now. Um, we're actually in, in process of uh, a TV show that will be coming to FX. Mm -hmm. and Kevin Hart is also involved in producing. Wow, you and Jack? Uh, no, not with me and Jack. Me and Jack, me and my friends are actually writing a movie for me and Jack right now. Okay. To okay. shoot yeah, ourselves mm -hmm. and my team. What's the TV show at uh, FX? The TV show at FX is based on my life in high school. Hmm. Yeah, being like a super senior. That's intriguing. Yeah, yeah, man. Because, you know, Kev executive produced Lil Dicky show, Dave, which I yeah, love. Man. Dave's yes. funny as Yes. So they gonna really let you do your thing? Yeah, man. We 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 you know we at that green light stage where everything is coming to. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, Drew, can we appreciate you for joining us, brother? Mm -hmm. Give us, give me Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> so we can wrap this up. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It won't be the last time. time. Yeah, it won't be. Yeah, the last time, man. You 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 on your way? Like Drewski you, is absolutely, absolutely positively gonna be a big star in yes. this industry. Everybody yes. sees it. Everybody yeah, knows yeah, it. All you gotta do is keep your head on straight, Thank and you, the sky's the limit. And we might need you for a couple days too. Yeah, we're gonna have some celebrity hosts with us and some guest hosts okay. and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So we gonna, we mm -hmm. might need you for a couple of days if you in town. All right, man. Yeah, yeah definitely. Us. Let's do it. No, for real. Wait, we serious? Where? Where? where, where what, what's the event? When we're no, no. When we're moving, <laughs> we're moving. Like, yeah, yeah, when, when we when we booking that? We're moving to a new studio, okay. and Angeli has her own show now. Mm, so mm. we're not we're not rushing. Yeah. To get a new co-host, so we're gonna rotate guest hosts for for a long, oh, long that'd time. Oh, that would be dope. Yeah. 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 So you know, when you in town and you got something you want to promote, just pull up and you know do the radio show with us in the morning. Let's do it. All right. I'm done. But for real, give me Instagram. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, wrap this up, please. Yo, y'all follow me at Drewski. Uh, tickets for the Cuddle with a Shitter Tour will be on forlifeisworld.com. Y'all go get that. All right. Well, it's Drewski. It's the Breakfast Club. Come on. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. 
So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. 
Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Hee-haw, bitch. Hee-haw. It's time for Donkey of the Day. <laughs> I'm a big boy. I can take it. If you feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy going to have some funny sleep out of his mouth. Just because I say something you may not agree with doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That donk, 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 donk. Donkey of the Day right there. <laughs> the, the Breakfast Club, bitches. You can call me the Donkey of the Day, but like... I mean no harm. Yes, donkey today for Tuesday, April 12th goes to Julianne Budge. Julianne Budge is a 47-year-old woman from Utah who was arrested in a hit-and-run accident. Sadly, the two people that she hit have transitioned. Uh, two men whose names have not been released, two brothers, died at St. George Regional Hospital after witnesses attempted life-saving measures at the scene. Sending healing energy to the families of those individuals and may God be pleased with their souls. Uh, situations like this will never sit right with me because I hate when people lose their life because of the carelessness and recklessness of others. Okay, I don't know when we will realize that the number one thing that keeps us safe out here on this planet is human behavior. That's it. We are all relying on each other to stay safe. And when you do things like decide to drive under the influence, it is one of the most selfish decisions you can make because you're not caring about your life so much that you decide to get behind the wheel of a car knowing you got no business driving. That is that is not just a blatant disregard for the life God gave you. It's a blatant disregard for the life of everybody else who is on the highway with you. Okay, imagine being the person who's not under the influence, got their seatbelt on, license, registration, insurance, all up to date, you driving the way you're supposed to, doing everything you're supposed to be doing, and you get in an accident. Okay, hit by some donkey who decided they just had to drink or get high before they got behind the wheel. That is what happened in this situation, except it was two bicyclists, okay? But I'm sure they had their helmets on. They were in the bike lane. I guarantee they were doing what they needed to do to keep the ecosystem safe. And here comes the rupture. That is Julie, okay? Now, Julie told authorities that she had been admitted to a hospital the previous day and had been taking fentanyl through an IV drip. She also failed a field sobriety test after the accident, and that's when police decided to lock Julie's ass up for suspicion of driving under the influence. So let's be clear. Julie arrested in a hit-and-run accident while under the influence that killed two people. That's the real story. That's what happened. We could wrap donkey of the day right here. Okay, that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. When I tell you some donkey of the days just sell themselves, trust me when I tell you this hee-haw is selling. But that ain't the only reason Julie is getting the credit she deserves for being stupid this morning. Okay, see, when Julie first got caught, that's not what she told police. Okay? Of course she didn't. Not at first. She didn't say, hey, I'm under the influence. That's why I ended up hitting and running and killing two bicyclists. Nope, nope, nope. She had another excuse. And when I tell you she pulled this one out of her ass, I mean, it literally, according to her, came out of her ass. See, Julie told police that the crash happened when she began defecating on herself uncontrollably due to a medical condition. I'm not making this up. I'm looking at the headline in the NY Post. The headline reads, Utah woman blames fatal hit and run on uncontrollable defecation. Where I'm from, we call that diarrhea. Okay, good old butt mud, poo goo, poo water, that anal flavored yoo-hoo. Let's go to Fox 13 Salt Lake City for the report, please. An update tonight from Southern Utah. We're learning more about the person police say hit and killed two brothers in Washington City this weekend. 
Investigators say the two men were among dozens of cyclists who were in the bike lane participating in the spring tour of St. George. They were hit around two yesterday afternoon on Telegraph Street in Washington City. 47-year-old Julie Ann Budge of Hurricane told police she had a medical issue. <laughs> Mm. Mm -mm. See, Julie told police the crash happened when she began defecating uncontrollably due to a medical condition. Okay, Jesus. All right, Julie told police that she had various medical issues, including irritable bowel syndrome, and that condition made her defecate on herself without warning, which caused her to swerve into the men. She also admitted she hit the cyclist, but she presented yet another excuse when she said she couldn't get her vehicle to stop. Now, I done read a bunch of articles about this situation, listened to a bunch of different news reports. If you were going to blame this sh and run, okay, man, I wish I could crush right now because according to Julie, it wasn't just a hit and run, it was a hit and run. Okay, sugar, honey, iced tea. If you're going to blame this accident on your anus having a dishonorable discharge, okay, if there is a sudden, muddy playing condition going on in your drawers, then I have one question. Where is the doo-doo? Okay, I didn't see one police report that said we found biscuits and brown gravy anywhere on you. Okay, I have sharded on myself before. You've sharded on yourself before, right, Envy? I have. Yes, okay. Mm -hmm. Happened to me in Columbia, South Carolina, the 803. Drop on the clues, bounce for the Metro. Happened to me right up here. Yeah. Oh, it happened to you? Oh, yeah, that's when you threw your drawers in the um, trash can. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's when they really thought some wild stuff was going on <laughs> yeah. in this building. Okay. <laughs> All right. But just like the record show, it happened to me years ago when I was leaving a Jamaican spot. And, you know, when your stomach gets to bubbling and you can feel that anal eruption starting to happen when, when that hits your pants, it startles you. But it doesn't make you drive off the road. Okay, when you're riding in a Chevy and you're feeling something heavy... All right, you know what it is. It's diarrhea. And guess what? When I turned my underwear into a fudge fountain, I've never driven so perfect in my life, okay? I don't want to swerve and look like I'm out of control when I had some Jinko jeans full of chocolate coleslaw. So, Julie Budgers, who did you expect to believe this? Okay, and I go back to my original point. If you tell me that doo-doo is the cause of your accident, as a police officer, I want to see the doo-doo. That is evidence, all right? Now, Julie Bridges is being charged with, let me look it up, two counts of... Automobile homicide due to criminal negligence. Two felony counts of failure to remain at an accident involving death. Two counts of DUI with serious bodily injury by negligent operation. And one alleged count of it being a in run. She was also slapped with a misdemeanor charge of reckless driving and an infraction for improper lane travel. The moral, the moral of the story is, can we all start looking out for each other better? Please, please give Julie Budges the biggest hee-haw. Two people dead just because of the negligence of one person. Human behavior, us collectively, are the only reason we're keeping each other safe. We have to make a conscious effort every day to do the right thing so we don't end up hurting somebody else. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Mm -hmm. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Man, very requested guest. Highly requested guest. Really? Yes. Wow. Toby Baker is here. <laughs> wow. What's first happening, time. my brother? Man, for the first time, this is debut. I love y'all, by the way. I nah, wanna, man. I want to interview y'all. 
<laughs> like, I, I want to ask y'all the questions. Cause, so tell me, how'd y'all get in radio? Yeah, she <laughs> that. And listen, yeah. Ida Rodriguez, I know she absolutely loves you. She yeah. always talks about you. So she hit me, too. She was like, are you going to have Tony Baker on the show? I'm like, it's already taken care of. Yes, that that is my dog right there, for no. sure, 100%. No, I had everybody hitting me from... Sean King to, to <laughs> the comedians like Isaiah Kelly. I'm like, yeah. well, damn, everybody okay. on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, because it was like, man, I want to be on the Breakfast Club. I always wanted to be on. I was like, I'm doing Caroline's this weekend. That's right. Let me just, you know, put it out there in the universe. You didn't man. need our help for that though, because you sold that out quick. Man, yeah, it sold out. I was like, New York pulled up because New York always in the comments section. When you coming to New York, son? Mm -hmm. When you could word is born, son? When you coming? I was like, all right, if I come out there. Buy the tickets early, and they did. Now I saw, um, I saw a, a, a bit you did when you returned the stage, man. Cause I know you, condolences on your son. Oh, thank you. You know, but I was very intrigued because I was mm -hmm. like, how does a comedian approach something, right? You know, like this. So, this, how, how have you been holding up? First of all, this has been first like the scariest I've ever been comedically. Like mm. uh, normally, like I'm the type of comedian that I talk about whatever's going on in my life. Now I talk about like on the surface stuff like, you know, observations and stuff like that. But then, you know, I, I always include what I'm going through in my life. And mm -hmm. so with that, it was like, you know, comedy. My son passed August 3rd in a car accident, for those who don't know. And then uh, I went on the road August 25th to Atlanta. So I was like, uh, and I needed the comedy. I needed to, you know, keep working and making people laugh as part of my, you know, therapy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, uh, but I'm scared to do it because people saw me lose my son in real time. All right, all right, so it's right. not like, you know, you just see me and like, man, he lost his son. But we didn't know him then, so we can kind of detach from that reality. Yeah. So now I I'm scared to bring that material out because th the crowd is hurting too. Mm -hmm. So they're mourning with me. So it's just like, man. So I finally did it on Keep Your Distance, mm -hmm. which is a virtual comedy show that Kev on stage does. And it went and it went well. I told the audience, "Look, man, I need to talk about this, so y'all mm -hmm. need to open up." And then they received it. Yeah, I, I just saw, felt so I saw some of the things that you you said. Yeah, about, too, so. about the cremation, like yeah, you know, yeah, how do I, I know it's really him and her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know. I need to check this du this dust right here. And I thought it was funny, but I was like, "Am I supposed to laugh?" Yes. <laughs> oh, that's man. the weird part. But yeah. it's like there, there's comedy everywhere. Uh, you just got to be able to find the the sweet spot, I guess, to be able to make it relative and like funny. That's what Marlon Wayne said when he was up here. He yeah. was like, "When you're a comedian, even a funeral, you can find some type oh, of." Absolutely. And he said that exact same thing. Yeah. So it's like you know, because I'm sitting there mm -hmm. and I'm laughing. You know, I was able to laugh like you know the day he passed. I'm laughing, you know, crying. You know, I still cry daily, but it's like I laugh at stuff every day too. So yeah, it's well, like. Well. I was like, man, I never thought, you know, you never you never know how you're going to react to stuff until it happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm, listen, I'm from the country. I'm from Montana, yeah. South Carolina, so we laugh at everything. But I feel yeah. like sometimes with comedians, it's like an obligation to be funny. But what if I don't feel like being funny right now? Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? There's those moments where it was just like, I guess it was just in me, and I found that out going through that. I was just like, man, I'm still cracking jokes. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. I can't believe this. Like, at the funeral, I'm doing a set. <laughs> you know, I did 15 minutes at his funeral, just like, yeah, man, crying. And then I would be like, yeah, he was always late. So I'm sure he was late to the afterlife, too. Mm -hmm. Like, God was like, man, yo, I called you 20 minutes ago. What took you so long? I had to, I had to put lotion on. Yeah. yeah. 
You don't, you don't get ashy here. Like, <laughs> you never know. You got to look good. And I, I saw you said that the crowd gets tight, right? Mm-hmm. So when crowds get uncomfortable, as a comedian, you're used to, I guess, loosening them up, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So going up there, like, I'll cuss a crowd out. That's the kind of comedian what? I am. Like, <laughs> if the comedian, is, if, the, if the crowd is too stiff, I'll cuss them out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if, because, yeah. like, there's certain rooms where they'd be like, prove it to us. And they just sit there, arms folded. And then I saw know. somebody bring her boyfriend to a comedy show and he was sitting there, like, mad yeah. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Right in the front, too. You can't be in the front with that energy. And Take then, that to yeah, the back. They ripped him. Yeah, you should be. If you're going to be in the front, we <laughs> need the energy. Fake it. But if you're going to be arms folded, right. McGee, sit in the back. Sit your ass in the back <laughs> with that energy. You'd be like, look out, man. But with, with with this type of topic, and it's not like I was forcing myself to find the material. Because some comedians do too much and they feel like, I have to make everything funny out of everything. Mm-hmm. For me, it was just organic. It was just like, you know, I'd be looking at my son's urn. It's right in the living room. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, how do I know that's him in there? <laughs> they could have handed me any type of... Your son. That's true, though. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yo, can I take this on Maury to make sure this is my son in here? You know what I'm saying? The DNA. You know what's so crazy about that when I heard you say it? I think I would have to watch. I know it's yeah. cruel as it sounds, only right. because they be harvesting organs and stuff. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I want to make sure y'all... Oh, you want to watch the process yeah, I when make they sure y'all in get, the oven. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. make sure everything is gone. Is you that what you sure. want to be cremated also? Oh, definitely. Throw me in that oven. 375. <laughs> make nice, slow up, roast. <laughs> I want to be slow roasted. Put some seasons in there, too, if you want to. I don't know if 375 is hot enough. No, I don't think. But that's yeah. y'all want it to last like a week. Be like, slow roast me <laughs> if they can. You know what I mean? So, y'all want to be cremated? I haven't thought about it, I, man. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. You want to be buried? Why do you want to be cremated? Because we're running out of real estate. That is true. So you don't want to... It's okay. overcrowded. It's like, especially in New York. We drove through Queens. It's all cemetery. Well, that's very thoughtful of you. So just because of overcrowding... Yeah. Because, like, like you know... Or they got to <laughs> dig up them old bodies of people that died in 1869. You got to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody coming to visit you no more. You died in 1869. Oh, my god. Your gosh. family moved. But that is true. I guess it's... Um, more inexpensive too like as far as mm-hmm. having to buy a plot of land and having to get right. a casket because caskets are expensive too yeah and you dead and then the outfit you, you need you the gone. outfit what you, what you care That's you right. know what I'm saying just throw me in there yeah because you have to have on like something nice yep. and then, you know that's you a waste of a good outfit waste of a good outfit you waste a good suit that's real you know and then you sitting there in one location like what if you don't like the location no more your that's family real. done moved the different states. I'm like, scatter me around, put me in a put me in a garden of a nice house and just okay. sprinkle me right there. He would love this house. Sprinkle me. The <laughs> owner would come out, what you doing out there? You just run off. Yeah. But, but I always I'm think about those there. movies where they're like, Don't bury me, I'm not dead. Oh yeah, buried alive. Yeah, so what if like you were still alive yeah, and threw you in now the oven. got cremated. Yeah. <laughs> but you did. They already did your autopsy. You could have woke up then. But y'all better start thinking about this, man. It's coming. I know. We were I talking about, about it. I saw you years. post the, um, the funeral where he was yeah. in the club. Yeah, he was standing on stage. And mm-hmm. I was like, yo, that's how I want my funeral, though. See? We were talking about this the other day. I want yeah. a party. So you, yeah. want us to have, you want us to have your ashes in the club? No, no, no. I want... I, Keep my body for the for the actual Party. game night. I want a game night though. Game I don't night. want the club because I'm not a club whore. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. You know, so prop me up at the table. Uno cards in my hand. 
and you can pay your respects. You put that reverse yeah. down. Come back to his tone reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. a good funeral right there. That's how I was living. Oh or, or on stage with a mic. Okay. Right. Whatever you was into. Like for y'all, y'all would be propped up in the radio uh, station. I don't know if that's how I wanted. You got Charlemagne in the corner, you know what I'm saying, stirring the pot. So put like a pot here and he's stirring it. Have Angela Yee did with the info on yeah. the guest line. <laughs> Hard hitting so questions. Doing an interview, just be over here not really knowing who the guest is, and like, <laughs> give, me your, give me your top five such and such. Give me your top five real estate investors of all time. All right, we have more with comedian Tony Baker when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. 
having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Yeah. All right, so look, you guys just talked about Gerard Carmichael. Did you watch his special? Yes. What you think? I loved it. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't laugh a lot, mm-hmm. but I loved it. <laughs> oh, for real? No, it was because it was like a community yeah. gathering where he's interacting with the yes. audience. It felt like it felt like he wasn't forcing the jokes. He wasn't forcing the comedy. It was like you can laugh or you can not. When he, when he came out, I feel like the the laughter revved up after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was some good good things in there but mm-hmm. it felt very personal it felt like a conversation and you know there was a moment in there that hit me personally when he said his mom was silent right. so that hit give me space here like I need y'all around and it was like yeah we hear you but uh, we gonna give you space anyway you know mm-hmm. why man That's so it's so difficult when you have a loved one and they lose somebody really close to them cause right. you don't know how to show up for them Yeah, you know what I'm saying you yep. let them know I'm here for you if you need me Yeah, but I don't know how to show up for you it's right. weird man it's, it's yeah. strange and that and that's and that's why i told him i was like you you don't have to when people are grieving i think we overthink it a lot and we be like man i gotta come in there and i gotta i gotta hit them with some hard hitting i gotta come in and say you know i gotta have god, god puts things in in place <laughs> exactly. to where we, you don't have to do all that you learn, can just learn. be like for me i hate talking on the phone like notoriously <laughs> don't call me and so all I need is a text, like <laughs> thinking of you, love you, bro. There's, there's my uh, my boy Demetrius. He texts me every single day, love you, bro. And that's all I need. Why do you hate talking on the phone? I hate talking on the but phone. But why? Former drug dealer, PTSD. No, because oh. you got to you got to show up first of all. On the a, phone. On the phone, you got to be there. You got to have <laughs> energy. You got to have a back and forth. A lot of people. A lot of people just want to call you no, that's real. And, and talk to you and vent, and you just sitting there taking it, and I wasn't ready to take it. Oh, so now man. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> now I'm that's crazy to death. And then it's like, you got to be on. Then when you get quiet, it's like, man, you good? Why are you quiet? I'm just, I, I, This is all I got. So all of that, I got to prep for it. So it's like, man, what you want? So you seem like you would be a phone tucker from watching like your podcast and stuff yeah. like that. 
It feels like you would be like a good phone conversationalist. Right. I mean, I can, I can, I can hang in there. I can hold my own. <laughs> but if I don't feel like talking, I just be Man. like, "That's crazy, Angela." Yep. That's yeah. crazy. Man. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just gotta hang in there. You know what I'm saying? Take it one day at a time. You got you people that take advantage quiet. of that. You got people that take advantage of that. Like they know what time to call you. Like let me call him like around 9:30 a.m. when he just getting up. This is what I know people do. They'll text me, and then I'll text back, and they'll call me right after that. Cause, so they, <laughs> they know. They know. You're paying they, it, you have your phone. Exactly. Yep. They know you can answer right now. Yeah. And I still watch it die. I will watch that phone call die off in my hand. I'll be like. <laughs> or if you post something on social media, and then they call you right after, they're like, boom. I know he's on his phone. He <laughs> just posted He just posted this. Yeah. And I see it, too. I'm like, I just posted it. Now they call me. <laughs> I will watch that phone call die off. <laughs> do you ever not post because you don't want anybody to call you? Yes. I've done that. (laughs) So you don't like the phone either? Uh, I talk on the phone. You know when I talk on the phone for real? When I'm in the car, mostly. Oh, yeah. Like if I'm driving and I got the Bluetooth, it's easier for me. Like while I'm just driving, because I got to be here anyway. There's nothing else I could really be doing Mm -hmm. at the same time. You can multitask, especially when you got the the good, when you talking to them. like It's like they're in the ceiling of the car. (laughs) You're just like, yes, I told it right. And sometimes you got to, you know, take it one day at a time. I can do it then. But if I'm at home, nah, man, text. Well, Tony Baker, thank yeah. you for coming, my brother. Yeah, um, you got to so, come back again. Oh, if y'all want, don't promise me a good time. Absolutely. Done. That's done. Because I got y'all DMs now. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us now. Oh, man, it's over for y'all, man. <laughs> it's Tony Baker. It's The Breakfast Club. Yes. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Any first responder will tell you, never try to beat a train. After breaking, it can take a mile for a train to completely stop. So when you come to a rail crossing, stop. Because trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. My thing, you'll do it so much just to feel like, you know, your nerve bad, you'll say you need to smoke. But also the nicotine and tobacco, you become addictive to it. Mm-hmm. So you pretty much could have that element of, of, of smoking to feel like you calm your nerves down without having the elements of the nicotine tobacco being addicted to it. Actually have things like miracle berries inside of it which is good for like in west africa it's very very popular to help regulate your bodily functions and uh help keep your uh, blood level so it's pretty much a healthier alternative yeah because a lot of people smoke hookah not necessarily because they enjoy hookah but like sometimes you you don't want to drink too much because you got to drive home correct right and when you go to the club and you don't necessarily drink there's nothing to do Right, exactly. You can't. You you dance. You, you hang in with your homies, but also you want something to do. So a lot of people smoke hookah because of that. Mm-hmm. So now, how did you get the idea to create this hookah pen? I love to to smoke hookah, but I don't smoke cigarettes, don't smoke marijuana, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And it was to the point where I complained about people smoking cigarettes, but not realizing smoking hookah, I was smoking like a pack of cigarettes. So I was like, what is a way for me to still do what I love? That's like. That's a, a hobby of mine. I just love to smoke hookah, but kind of like not feel guilty about it, putting things in my body that I typically wouldn't, you know, prefer to put in my body. So I knew it was a way to create uh, the element of smoking hookah without using the nicotine and tobacco and to use the fruit. Because if you really think about it, you go to these hookah places, you could kind of get shisha put into a fruit head, and the fruit head do- doesn't burn. You still could smoke out it. So I knew that was the way to incorporate both of them and make it make sense. I know nobody never done it before, so I knew it was a way. It wasn't easy, but I knew it was a way to do it. So that's, that was, you know, the whole motive to me creating the element. Now, I know I know as black people, we're creative, right? Right. But how did you create a hookah pen? Like, 
I mean, you didn't do this in your basement. You didn't uh-huh. say, I'm going to create these these parts and, and do it with just fruit. So how did you create this? So it was literally, it, it's no, no different than if somebody created a vape pen, right? So the hookah pen itself, actually, the hookah pen, that's not a word. I created that word, right? Because mm-hmm. you either have a vape pen or you have a hookah. But I knew I was bringing the market something new that they didn't experience. So I didn't want to literally call what I was creating my different uh uh, formula uh, a vape pen because then what was going to make me stand out from everything else so mm-hmm. you literally had to I feel like you had, it, it started with the name first if, I, if I'm if i telling you a different name you're going to look at it and so what's different about this and that's when I feel like I have to flow to be informative and let you know like this is not your typical hookah this is not your typical hookah pen this is not your typical vape pen so Literally me creating with the fruit. I literally had to get different supplies to get us. Let's not talk about the supplies. I had to go between 13 to 17 supplies. Everybody was telling me, oh, you, I don't think that's sound right. You say fruit inside of hookah. Oh, we can't do that. But you got this other alternative, which was everything that everybody else was doing. But I was persistent. So that's why I tell people, like, if you believe in something, like, you literally got to go for it. And if it's your vision, it's your vision. Not everybody going to see it. But, like, at the end of the day, if you, you know, you keep fighting for what you truly believe in. Look at me. You so, know what I'm saying? So how did they get? fruit into a pen that you can smoke so what are you smoking because you're not smoking an apple you know, you're not you, smoking a pineapple correct you you literally smoking fruit juice like if, if you so, if you smoking a, a hookah ahead, pen uh-huh. yeah if you smoking a hookah pen of pineapple some somewhere else you'll be smoking uh, a pineapple pen with literally nicotine tobacco all kind of chemicals I literally regulated my hookah literally made out of fruit juice made up of miracle berry miracle berry is the most popular fruit that's known that you can like literally alternate flavors taste and everything like that and literally manipulate it to taste exactly the way you want it to be mm-hmm. I kind of I'm, I'm kind of giving somebody my phone you're giving right. too much man you're ah. giving too much you're giving too much so Y'all now I can't do it it's patent <laughs> oh, right. well, so when, when did you know it was going to be a success when was the first time where you started seeing taking off and be like oh this really works the fact that when I literally know how much I love hookah and I was enjoying my own product for a while I was sold out at first the reason why I was sold out the most because I was taking too much of the supply like mm-hmm. like it was really really good like I really enjoyed it so it's the fact that it's no nicotine no tobacco and it's a healthy alternative but literally tastes better than everything else like I literally could stand behind a product and say I'm gonna smoke a thousand different hookahs thousand, thousand different flavors my flavor literally is is like one in a million it's, you can't find nothing like it where did you come up with the mind sense to create a business right because you said you patented it and you did the right steps before somebody was able to take it. Where did you come up with that mindset to do that? So that's what's crazy. That's that's part of, part of my journey, right? Uh, I always use my personality and my likeliness on social media to the best of my, my ability. And mm-hmm. before I created my own business, I was known on Instagram to be the deemed the promo king. So everybody who had a business, whether the biggest or the smallest, even as far as we tv used to reach out to me have me doing promo contracts talking about shows and stuff like that so i used to get all these stories from everybody like like i had i used to be booked for almost a year with, with promo slots and people used to be literally going crazy over my promo saying like i made them the most money that they has ever made in a day and a week whatever mm-hmm. on their business so once i was getting older and realizing and understanding that if i'm making all these people money Despite me making a good living off of this, I could really do this and, and, and use my influence and make this money for myself. So that's kind of what, you know, it regulated mm-hmm. in my head that this, despite being on the back and I really wanted to be the entrepreneur and the CEO myself, you know. Now, are you concerned with uh, tobacco companies saying you're going to start taking business from them? 
And usually when that starts happening, that's when they try to start trying to take out the little man because you're taking so much of a profit share from their already profit that they're being taxed crazy. So this is the thing, you know, uh, I'm really not worried about the tobacco industry. And then as far as like, you know, them trying to take out the little man, I'm not to sound cocky, but not a little man is the big man. So, you know, good luck with that. Okay. <laughs> now, also, now we, we talk about fi financial wealth. And now it, it was rumored that Black Friday alone, you make $2.7 million. Uh-huh. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely true. Really? Yeah, absolutely true. Uh, look, it's it's crazy. Like, it's, it's so many things that I would couldn't ever even fathom to believe. And look, Larry's saying something over there about the $2.7 million. Because let me tell you this, about the $2.7 million, mm -hmm. that's what I felt comfortable with sharing. You know, it kind of went a little farther, but that, that, that was my cap. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, God is good, man. Like, uh, I truly appreciate, you know, the community from supporting me and rocking with me, actually loving the product. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy about it. For people that want to purchase this or want to try it out, how can they do so? And how long does that pen last? So that's the thing about as far as the pen, you literally determine how long it lasts. It's a disposable pen with 2022 puffs. So you can literally sit down and smoke 2022 puffs in one day if you want, if you just don't stop. You can smoke it in three days. Some people pen last a couple months. Some people pen last for one month. So you literally determine your puffs. Like if you sit your pen there for a year and don't smoke all the puffs, your pen will still be there. All year. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, Brittany Grinder just got released. Shout out to Brittany Grinder a couple mm -hmm. of days ago. So my question to you is if I travel with this out the country, is there anything in this pen that's going to get me arrested, locked up, sent me to jail, anything? Shout out to Brendan Griner. Absolutely not. And that's why, Brendan Griner, I'm, I'm going to let you know right now, you need to get you some black smoke, baby. You could travel in and out the country. You could go through the airport. You could take it in your carry-on bag. It's all good. So, yeah, black smoke, no nicotine, no tobacco. There's absolutely nothing in there that will get you in trouble. No TAC, no nothing like that. It's just all a healthy smoke, baby. So for people who want to get it, how can they get it? How can they purchase it? How can they put it in their store? Or individually, if they just want to buy it, and will they be able to have it by Christmas? So you definitely will be able to have it by Christmas. I'll ship it, don't play. But uh, it's only available online, blacksmoke.com. The thing about it, a lot of people, like, I type in the website and I, I can't pull it up. The reason why black is spelled B-L-A-K-K. There's no C in it, so it's B L A K K smoke dot com. With your blood, you don't take out the you take out the crib or something? Nah, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. So for people that order it now, and how much is it if they want to order? Can they order it singular? Do they order boxes? How how does it work? So I will always suggest you to order the hookah pin bundle. The the bundle is two nine nine and you literally get all flavors, all ten flavors. Individually two ninety nine, like what you mean? Two hundred and ninety nine dollars oh, okay. for the whole bundle. Two hundred and ninety nine dollars for the whole bundle. You get all ten flavors, which is a great deal because individually they thirty nine ninety nine. Mm -hmm. So you you saving over a hundred dollars by getting the bundle. But then when people don't get the bundle, because I understand people be want to try it out for the they first time. Sure it's right. yeah, they they want to make sure it's right. They want to make sure it's right. But then they be mad because now it's they, sold they it's sold out and they never get it. You know it's. They have some people that's been trying to get black smoke for the last year and still has been unsuccessful. You know, if I don't put my stash to the side, I wouldn't be successful with it. So I will always suggest get the bundle. I can promise you, you go like it. And it's going to definitely be another flavor, another flavor, another flavor. You can always think one is your favorite until you try the other, you know? All right. Well, we appreciate you for joining us. Did you did you bring us some? I definitely bought you some. It's right there. It's black smoke. Make sure you pick it up right now. Perfect Christmas gift for anybody that's a smoker. You want them to get off of it. And the flavors are pretty dope. The apple green is pretty dope, too. Where's the apple green? The green apple. That's pretty dope, too. I like the green apple. All right. Uh, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What part of Jersey are you from? I actually moved to South Dakota. 
Oh, Why? South Dakota. Are we syndicated in South Dakota? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not anymore, I don't think. But I do uh, stream it. Oh, you listen oh, to us on the iHeartRadio app. Okay, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Cool. All right, well, congratulations. We're hooking you up with $1,000. You said you needed some money for your Girl Scout troop because sales didn't yeah. go well for a large group. Well, you got that $1,000. Yeah, thank you so much. And don't you try to cuff them cookies either. You still go out there and you sell them cookies. You got it. All right. Can Mama. I send you a box? Yes. I'd love some Thin Mints. You can send me all, all right, the Thin I'll Mints you got. You yeah, send us some, please. Yeah. Thank you. Don't front now. Don't tell me you're going to send up the cookies and don't send the cookies now. Yo, give me an address and I will send you some cookies. I'll even send you a box to the brand new Raspberry Rally. That sounds disgusting. No, I'm sending it all up here. Thank you so much. I'll hold on. We'll get you the address. Okay? I, like the, I like the chocolate peanut butter sure. and the Thin thank Mints. You. Okay. And that's brought to you by our friends at Valentino, born in Roma. Don't move. Positive notes up next. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. All right. Well, you got a positive note? Now, the positive note is simply this. After getting what you manifested, because this is very important. Everybody want to have their vision boards and manifest things. And, you know, a lot of us get those things that we manifest. But after getting what you manifested, ask for discipline to keep it and wisdom to multiply it. Have a blessed day. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.